Welcome back to Hitch Wrapped. Week seven is in the books. We are nearly, nearly halfway through another unforgettable NFL season. One in which, as I wrote during our weekly Survivor email this past week, Mr. Frumpkin, I'm not sure this league makes any sense anymore. Would you agree? What do you mean? It doesn't make sense that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are both losing three weeks in a row? Not going to lie, man. Not what I was expecting. Just because you didn't expect it doesn't make sense. Nor did I expect a full-on genosance, whereby literally after we spend an entire offseason talking about one guy who left one place to go to another place in order to completely blow up and win another Super Bowl, it turns out we're actually talking about the other guy who took his place and who nobody was talking about and who honestly looks more Super Bowl capable today than the other guy. Mm. As you might put it, juicy. It is juicy. It is very juicy. Thank you very much. It's quite juicy. Who would you rather have? The guy that you are paying $50 million for to have a 2-5 record, or the guy that we're paying less than $10 million for sure for a winning record and leading record in the NFC West? Dude, I, I I don't like like <laughs> we're gonna get into the Seahawks during the pod today, but I just I I am just I, I I I still can't wrap my head around this. I mean, I'm I am one who is 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 so willing to admit when they were completely and utterly wrong about something. I was completely and utterly unfathom unfathomably wrong about the Seahawks. And I'm still exactly trying to wrap my head around what is happening. I mean, I know they had a good draft. I know they have two offensive tackles who are rookies who can both play really well. So that obviously helps. Um, you know, I mean, I know that, that you know, Pete Carroll obviously is a fantastic coach. He was always a fantastic coach. Um, you, you know, so we have to give him his due props. The defense still stinks. Sure, it only gave up 23 points this weekend, but it still stinks. Let's just be honest. I mean, that was more the Chargers stinking, I would say. The defense yeah. stinks, but they have, they had one really, really good draft pick in Tariq Woolen, who has been an awesome corner for them. Yes, yes. But, like, bottom line, I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody saw this offense coming unless perhaps, you know, you live in Seattle or, or, or you follow the team closely or you were at practice. Now there's all these reports and, you know, rumors going around that, you know, there were plenty of people who thought the Seahawks offense could be special. You know, like they always, they always yeah, thought that, people coming out of the woodwork, like yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Oh, you know, I saw this coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I always this. knew. I always knew they had speed. I remember during camp. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I always knew that they'd be good. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, except for the fact that we saw the Geno sample size last year and did not reflect positively on what would be the outcome of this season. No, no, but, but, but honestly, like you have to give the Seahawks credit. They nailed their draft. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker, the running back is a stud. Um, they are what we thought the Lions would be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're, they're two rookie offensive tackles. They can both play. They're both super solid. And, um, you know, and, and, and that has helped Gino, you know, to, to, you know, not to take anything away from Gino because he is, and you know, like, well, 
we'll we'll get more into it as as we go along. But but just you know, easily in my opinion, easily easily the shock of the NFL more so than the Giants, the Jets, or or just about anyone else is is the if, Seahawks. If he doesn't win Comeback Player of the Year, what is the point of this award? I mean, there's also Saquon, right? So like but Saquon was like, I mean, he was injured, but Saquon was always good, you know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, I think it depends. I, I, I think either of them are candidates. I think it depends on how the rest of their seasons go. So. And then we're gonna see somehow Najee Harris wins the award. <laughs> Najee, Najee exclusively rushes for at least two hundred yards a game in each of the remaining games this season, in order to make up all of the ground that he has lost to the other two so far. Yeah, he has a bad season. He somehow has less receiving yards than Juice. A guy who's barely on the field in San Francisco. <laughs> oh man that that was not that was not solely funny because I'm a Ravens fan. Let me just let me just put that out there so so, so that it's on film for, for other teams to see. I think a lot of well, was it was that more because that Najee is a, a rival or that Juice is a former Raven? Because a lot of people who listen maybe don't even know the latter. Yeah, well, I mean, Juice is is a fullback, so technically, technically a different position. But, but, uh, ah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, nevertheless, nevertheless, we are going to move on and talk about the games of the week. We are. The games we are not talking about include Jets at Broncos when By the Dip got injured and didn't even play, and you almost couldn't tell because of how equivalent his backup looked at this point you know it's funny you you literally cannot buy the dip coming out of this game because buying the dip coming out of this game is no different than buying the dip coming out of the previous game and presumably you already bought bought the dip coming out of the previous game so why would you buy why would you buy now when you can get a lower price a week from now that's that's the market of Russell Wilson getting worse every single week, ladies. Dude, and gentlemen. can you imagine? Can you imagine if he gets a real head coach next year who like actually knows what he's doing and he just completely goes off? You are grasping at straws here, my friend. He did too many commercials. He should have spent more time in the gym. I I concede these things. These are things that I concede. He is looking a bit pudgy, I will admit. Yes, yes. Yes, and somehow that has affected his deep ball accuracy. <laughs> yeah, because that's clearly a direct correlation. Other games we're not talking about, the Brady and Rodgers losses. Those are not fun for us to dissect at all. Well, I suppose it's fun for me that Rodgers is finally playing for garbage. But uh, it's, it's just an unexpected and very boring thing to break into because I don't want to talk about the peculiarities as to why they are bad. It's... It's just kind of a stink fest all over for both of those teams. Honestly, it, it's been a really, really great three weeks to be a Bears fan. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Well, I mean, we lost games all the time too, but we beat the Patriots. Well, that's what I mean. Like that, that in prime time. Yeah, we'll get into that game. That combined with the Packers just completely and utterly crashing and burning. Like Yeah, I mean, Bears could very well have a better record than the Packers by the end of this year, which yeah. I did not think was going to happen this year. It's too bad the Minnesota Vikings exist. I mean, 
every conference has to have a purple team, you know. Yes, indeed. Another game we won't talk about, how good Joe Burrow looked against mm. the Falcons. Mm. Just a reemergence of that offense. And uh, the other games we're not talking about, Steelers, Dolphins, Colts, Titans, and uh, Lions and Cowboys are just not really worth talking about for any reason. They were just games. They just have to happen sometime, you know? Yes. has to be games played. And Thursday Night Football was too long ago, but that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Imagine adding two pick sixes to your resume in a span of two minutes. Not even two minutes. It was two consecutive plays. (laughs) It was two consecutive plays, I'm pretty certain. Are we sure it was two consecutive plays? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the one wrong here. There wasn't a punt in between or something? I will look for confirmation on that. In any event, in any event, what an absolutely heinous, heinous end to a half. Perhaps the most heinous end to a half that Andy Dalton has ever had in his career. He's had some heinous ones, particularly in prime time. but Not against the Ravens. No, he steps up to the plate when it's in division. I swear, he has, I swear he has two careers. He has his career when he is facing 4th and 12 against the Ravens defense. And he has his career when he is facing literally any other downer distance against every other team. Mm, that would not reflect well on your team. I'm pretty sure he has a perfect passer rating on 4th and 12 against the Ravens. I- I'm not joking about that. Understandable. Even as a Bears QB last year, we saw a little bit of his skill at 4th and long. You were there for that game, too. Mm, y- y- yes, that is the one that I am thinking of, or at least one of the ones that I'm thinking of. It's I, I know I'm so sc- I'm so scarred by this man that I can think of multiple fourth and twelves, which he has convert- converted against my defense. I don't remember what games they are, but normally I just have to name the receiver in mind. So you know, Tyler Boyd. Oh, oh, please, please, please! I can't take it. Please, please, please! I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, change the conversation. Okay, fair enough. I will change the conversation for your sake. I would like to sleep tonight. Okay. It was not consecutive plays. There were a whole four other plays before the second pick six for mm. the record. Mm. But still within within the two minutes, as you said. Well, that obviously makes it so much better for him. It really does. He can He can go to his children and be crowd in front of them now. Yes. Now, 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 kids. Now, 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 kids. Remember, there were a couple completions in the middle there. And maybe some running back carries. You never know. But, like, I, I didn't do it twice in a row, for the record. Yes, yes. Like, you don't have to be that ashamed of me. The Red Rifle still got it. <laughs> Let's dive into the games that we are going to talk about. Starting with... Browns at Ravens. Mm. Juicy. Yes, so juicy. So juicy, as a matter of fact, that uh, I almost collapsed in a bar. No, just kidding. I didn't almost collapse in a bar. But it did feel... a giant stuffed pretzel. That's not really the game's direct fault. I mean, it it, it almost was. I'm not going to kid you. It, it, It came uncomfortably close. It came uncomfortably close to, to, to going down like that, my guy. Um, 
just uh, credit the Ravens. They 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 found a way to close out a game because Lord knows they make it hard. Um, Justice Hill, their third running back on the depth chart, who had to step up today uh, in light of J.K. Dobbins' untimely injury-related absence, uh, did exactly what Justice Hill does. He was wildly explosive. He ran hard. He cut well. He made guys miss. And he fumbled in a back-breaking spot. And the Ravens very nearly lost the game because of it. But to their credit, they held on. Defense made a stand. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was not able to drive the length of the field like he was seemingly at any every other point throughout the game. He was not able to drive the field, uh, you know, when it mattered most at the very end. And the Ravens, after all of that, improved to 2-0 and against the AFC North, 4-3 and on the year. And they are sitting well ahead of their Thursday night matchup against the Bucks. You know, I, 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 I will say this. I, I will say this about the Browns. Um, their ownership is a clown show. We all know this. Um, but, man, are they a well-coached team. I mean, Kevin Stefanski has that team very well-coached. They are, you know, they have found their head coach of the future. I mean, you know, there were, there were you know, folks, you know, predicting that that, that that game was going to be much, much worse for them. But, no, I mean, they, you know, there were times, especially toward the beginning of the game, when it felt like they were actually controlling the pace. Then the Ravens quickly seized momentum, got out to their ceremonial 10-point lead, and for once actually held on to one. Um, but, yes, thank you for the thumbs up. Really appreciate the validation there. Um, yes, yes. But um, they battled, man. They battled. Their their special teams coverage was outstanding. They, they made one special teams play that just, you know, it, it's the kind of play that you only make if you're well coached. Um, and, I mean, they have the best running back tandem in the league by, you know, going away. Um, and they've got a great roster, man. I, I, I mean, the Browns, if, if Deshaun Watson is out there, which he will be soon enough, I mean, this is a completely different team. This is a contending team. So he won't be out there anytime soon. The first game he's eligible is week. 13 but uh that's already we're already halfway there well yeah i mean like more more than halfway you know to his arrival that's that's all i meant but um i mean it'll be interesting will he do his best russell wilson impression or geno smith impression Mm. juicy a juicy question for you folks to ponder over at home while we move on to our next matchup Giants and Jaguars. Mm. Another juicy game, if you will. Dude, this this game was actually this was actually like the game that, that I'm willing to bet nobody actually watched, but might have been the best game of the weekend. So let me just like run through like s- some of these box box score statistics with you. So mm. box scores. Both teams had 27 first downs. Both teams, or rather one team put up 440 yards of offense, the other put up 450 yards of offense. One team was 0 for 1 on fourth down, the other was 2 for 4, so both both were 50%. I mean, like, across the board, like, like this, this, this was such an even and back and forth game, and it would have been so much, <clears throat> and it would have been so much higher scoring, too, if like both teams hadn't like fumbled away the ball 
or just like turn it over on downs, literally like right on the goal line. I mean, like the Giants had a fourth and two, like inside the 10 and they didn't convert after they had driven the length of the field. The Jags were 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 uh, driving and they got to like the five and then they fumbled and the Giants recovered in the end zone, which got them out to the 20. I mean, both teams moved the ball very, very well. Like both of these offenses came to play and it was a back and forth showcase from start to finish. It was it, it, it was fantastic. But arguably, nothing was more fantastic about it than the ending sequence, whereby I kid you not. Trevor Lawrence makes an unbelievable throw and the Giants tackle this man on the one yard line and forbid him from entering the end zone as the, as the clock ticks down to zero. It was just, it, 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 I, 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 I mean, it was unbelievable. It, it, it feels like the Giants, dude, it feels like half their wins this year have just been so wildly unbelievable. And they've been like, such high quality entertaining finishes like to the point where like if I'm being honest I'm not sure how good of a team they are like I do I I obviously obviously they're a good team right but like you know I wonder how good because like they are literally a hair's length from like losing a lot of these games um they were literally a yard short of losing this game you know you know for example but um you know if you're a Jags fan if you're a Giants fan you should be real excited I mean like both of these teams, you know, both of these offenses can, 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 you know, move the ball. Brian Dable has found a way to use Daniel Jones uh, in a manner which is very effective. Oh, wait, imagine telling me that your QB, first of all, how many QBs get 100 yard rushing games outside of Lamar Jackson? Now imagine you told me the quarterback that had 100 rushing yards was Daniel fucking Jones. Well, like, he, he, did, he did that in college, though. Don't He did not run a he, – he, he has been very mobile. But I this is the year he really upped the ante in terms of consistency and actually for, like, having designed runs. This was not the Daniel Jones experience when they drafted him. This is oh, for sure. He's, he's definitely upped the ante. Oh, for sure. But like they, you know, at least like Duke definitely used him that way. Like, like there were games that like I went to, like maybe you, I'm trying to think, did you? I, ever I, made, it, I made it a habit to not go to games as a, as a Duke football fan outside of when I was required to per my participation in marching. Band. So I did go for, uh, I, I did catch a lot of DJ games because I wanted to, I, I wanted to see DJ play and there were definitely games. It's like, Hey, look at this. It's my classmate. Hey, look at that. Hey, hey. I mean, technically, not my classmate, but like, you know, I, I I could tell by his second or third year that like, you know, he was going to the pros and like there were there were definitely a couple of games where he just took off and went and like he was fast, dude. I dude, mean, like he, he, I mean, I remember that like that Temple game when we slaughtered them 56-28. Yes. Yeah. There was a Temple game. There was the oh. Shout out to Duke football. Amazing win against Miami this past weekend. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, dude. L- long live Mike Elko. Long live that man, dude. What a hire. What a hire by Duke Athletics. What a first-year head coach, man. What a first yeah. Um, he could arguably the Matt Eberflus of Duke football. Yes, which we will certainly dive into shortly. Fairly shortly. Our, but our next matchup is... The one and only... Texans at Raiders. You know, mm. honestly, when we look at this game, you would think 
oh, you know, the Raiders are going to win. And while that did happen, the Texans did come to play. And they were very much in it until the fourth quarter escaped them. Their defense has been pesky, stingy, if you will. Uh, and a credit to Derek Stingley. But uh, they just don't have a lot there. You know, it's offense rules the NFL. And uh, the Texans are very much playing like a team that I imagine the Bears would be playing similarly to. There's a reason we had a very close game against them. But now they, they, they were holding their own for a while. Davis Mills is a at times, competent commander of the offense. Can he do it consistently, day in, day out, play in, play out? I don't think so. But uh, he's not a guy that has the flashes, really. But he he could be a good game manager. And uh, the problem is you need to have a really good team around you to be just a game manager. Nevertheless, the Raiders are just, they are trying to be on a mission. Because they looked at their roster. They saw that we have Josh Jacobs, who is excelling at this point. We have literally Devontae Adams, who we are paying buttloads of money. Devontae Adams makes almost as much as the entire Bears offense does. <laughs> Devontae Adams makes $30 million. The Bears offense is paid $36 million this year. <laughs> that, 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 that's... It. That's actually that, that's actually insane, dude. That's actually a mind-blowing stat. And look who has more wins. Da Bears. Da Bears. Nevertheless, Devontae is good at football, and there's a reason you pay him as much as you pay him. But, yeah, he had some plays. But Josh Jacobs was the story of this game in and out. Nearly 150 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Only two other Raiders have ever had three Plus rushing touchdowns in a single game, and one and well in multiple games I think. And Marcus Allen is a Hall of Famer, so mm. Josh Jacobs is in some pretty good company right now. He is, but this game was still close till the end because well, Texans have Damian Pierce, and that's that's like he's there. Josh Jacobs, he's not the same, but he's very good. Gets lots of work, and uh, accompany that with you know. The fleeting names of Brandon Cooks, Chris Moore, and uh, Brevin Jordan. There are some guys that can be thrown to by Davis Mills, and it was still close. It was it was a one possession game, like half, almost halfway through the fourth quarter. But then Josh Jacobs had to do some more Josh Jacobs things, and also there was a very long pick six to close out the game, but. It was closer than the box score suggests. The, yeah. the the Raiders still have a lot of work to do on defense, but at least they finally figured out one side of the ball, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. There's two things you said I really like. Um, you know, just the idea that, like, the Texans play hard, dude. Like, they're not they're not just out there to, like, go through the motions because, like, they have to be, you know? Like, like they, they are really trying. Like, they're, they're trying really, really hard to win. Lovey um, Smith does not know how to back down, good sir. No, <laughs> no, he does not. Bears legend does not know how to back down. That man does not. He does not comprehend the meaning of the phrase, nor is it nor is it ingrained in him. 
um, nor is it a part of his uh, part of his repertoire, if you will. Now, is he a great coach? I'm not I'm not close to saying that, but he brings effort. You yeah. know, he was a good culture hire for the Texans, I'd say. Oh, oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. And the other thing, excuse my yawn. Um, no, I will thing, not excuse it. I will well, not excuse it. Well, you're going to have to. So tough. Um, the the other thing that you said, you know, which I think really is the story of this team until further notice is who is Davis Mills? You know, I mean, is, is he, is he the guy who can consistently make plays for you? Or is he a guy who is going to have his moments, but is going to more often than not just kind of be so, so, you know, um, Leaning towards the ladder. I certainly don't think he's. I certainly don't think he's bad by any stretch. I mean, I, I think he's very capable. I think he's a capable NFL quarterback. I, I just wonder. I just wonder if they can consistently get the kind of performance they need from him in order to get to where they want to go. And I suppose it depends on how the Texans define where they want to go. Do they just want to get back to the playoffs for now and then figure out their options from there? Because I could certainly see a scenario where. You're not paying Davis Mills anything. So why not just, you know, build around him, you know, go out in free agency and get some dudes and, you know, see what you can do when you surround him with some talent. Um, because, you know, again, the dude can play. And, like, the, the, there there was talk about Davis Mills, you know, coming out of that draft, not nearly as much talk as all the other prospects, of course. Um, but, you know, there was some talk that, you know, he might have gone higher um, had, you know, had a few elements to his college career have gone a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't sleep on the man. I think the jury is still out on his consistency though, as you said. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Nevertheless, it's time to move on to greener pastures. Chiefs at 49ers. What'd you think? I thought that. The Chiefs are good at football. Shocking, shocking. I know, but do you have to like? Do you have to surprise our audience to to that degree by by making such unbelievably brash statements like that? Don't you, know, you think you should like you know warm them up a little bit first before you just dive right into it head first? I, I thought long and hard about this, but I'm a man of truth, and the people deserve to know. I don't care if it rattles them. I don't care if they're not ready to hear it. But Patrick Mahomes can sling a football. Stop. Just madness, I know. But know who else is in this game that cannot sling a football as well? (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo. It is almost as though this team, for some reason, felt that they needed another quarterback. Colored me red that they thought that maybe they should try replacing him. It's funny because the Niners are literally a red team. Yes, that they are. Both teams are red. No matter what, red was going to win this game. I'm yes. always a big fan of that. I like when both colors face each other there. It's like, you know, I'm cheering for green. Like I did this, what was it, last week, Packers versus Jets. Pretty confident green's going to win this game. You can literally only cheer for green like once every four years. Yeah, it's it, it's not frequent where the greens play each other. So yeah. When the purples, when's the last time the purples played each other? The purples, the purples played last year actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your purple one, right? Our purple one in overtime. It was actually a wildly entertaining game. It, 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 it was it was wildly entertaining. Um, the purples both the purples tend to do that. Unsurprisingly, the purple team won. Um, Nevertheless, yes. The, the the team that was red beat the other team that was red, and one of the red teams thinks it has a QB crisis, and there's a reason that Trey Lance was drafted. We all know this. But Jimmy G has done fine. He's like a little bit better than Carson Wentz. But he did a great Carson Wentz impression during this game. The Chiefs turn it over on a punt return. And then Jimmy G does the patented Wentz fadeaway throw into blazingly into coverage, thinking somehow the ball will fall into the hands of a receiver. And guess what? It didn't. Just for the record, Wentz is still waiting on that on that uh, royalty check. Just so you know, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. You but... know, I don't know if anyone deserves to get paid for seeing that type of performance happen, but I suppose yeah, but... Carson does. Yeah, but honestly, like f- fair take. Um, I-, I I do still believe that Jimmy is the right quarterback for the Niners, and, and-, and like I don't say that as a shot at Trey Lance. I think I think both they. And, you know, you know, I I think the Niners would prefer that Trey Lance was their guy, but naturally they would prefer that he was a bit further along in his development. And so, you know, so that there is a scenario where he can be the guy. Um, But at the same time, like the Niners win a lot of games with Jimmy G and. But it's tough when they're facing the red team. It's tough when they're facing that red team, especially. Um, I, I don't think they're a good matchup for the Chiefs, or, or, or rather, I, I meant to say the opposite of that. I, I don't believe they are, I don't believe the Chiefs are a good matchup for them. Um, yeah, I think the way that their, their defense plays, it's very much, let's send in the, uh, D linemen, you know, let's send in Bosa and, and, and Fred Warner and just like, you know, have them just charge the quarterback and that, that doesn't that is commanded by Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, that that, that that literally doesn't work against Mahomes. I mean, like, he, he literally eats that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, like, to some extent, this was always a favorable spot for the Chiefs. Um, and if you're the Niners, like, you don't really have to worry about the Chiefs, you know? Like, until you make it to the big game. And <laughs> it's funny oh, because... No, that the Chiefs and the Niners have history of the big game. It's, it's funny. It's funny I say that because... That exact scenario materialized, and they had to worry about the Chiefs in that game. Yeah. Um, they just need to hope that it's anybody but them. Oh, man. They just need to hope that it's anybody but the Chiefs. Because if it's anybody but the Chiefs, I think they can win. But if it is the Chiefs, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> they're just done. Christian McCaffrey is obviously the newest shiny addition to that red team. And mm. he, believe it or not, did Christian McCaffrey things just at limited volume. It's almost like. Being traded on a Thursday doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be fully ready to play for a new team on Sunday. It's almost like your your life continues exactly as as it was without any kinds of transition or adjustment pains to being in a new city or a new place. I think some of the media coverage is weird. It's like, oh, well, he went to Stanford, so clearly he's going to be ready to play in the big. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what? What's your argument that, oh, yes, his home is fully set up? Like, what, is he just going to crash with mom and dad? That what he, you think wants, he, wants, well, he once lived here for three years on a college campus. He'll settle right back in like it's nothing. And then, I was, and then other headlines on the other side were like, oh, you know, Stanford's a really good school. Therefore, Christian McCaffrey's going to be ready to fit into a new Right? Is that how you think sports work? Like, oh my gosh, dude. Oh my gosh. It's a little different. It's a dude, little different. And then, like, I mean, part of this was me just looking through Twitter comments, and people were like, if you don't understand why being from Stanford means you might have an edge, you probably didn't get into Stanford. And I'm like, oh wow, you're so witty, guys. Guess what? Being sent from the Carolinas to California within days' notice. Is a bit of an adjustment, perhaps, perhaps a little one, perhaps a little one. Not said. I'm just very interested to see what they will do with him moving forward. Are we? Is he going to be the victim of Shanahanigans and only get like third down usage? Is he going to actually be a workhorse back? Because we know that we cannot trust Kyle Shanahan to keep the same running back in for the entire game. We do. It'll be very interesting because they gave up a lot for him. They gave up a lot for a, a, court, a running back that they are going to pay a lot of money for regardless. So I have to think based on the compensation that they're going to use him a lot. But that's just intriguing because I don't think that's conducive to the Shanahan way of things. You know what's so weird about the 49ers? What about him? They perform so many shanahanigans in the form of using such a wide diversity of running backs in their offense. To be fair, a lot of the time it is simply due to injury. And yet they all get and yet they all get hurt. <laughs> they all get hurt, dude. He he uses like two he rotates two different guys and they all get hurt. And then the next two come in and they get hurt. Like it's it, it it's actually it's actually stunning. It is stunning the frequency with which their running backs have grueling injuries. I mean, it can't just be a function of usage because, again, he, he he's using multiple guys. Like, it's not like he's just sending one guy into the pile to be sacrificed 50 times a game. Like, that I could understand. But, like, they kind of do, though. Like, Elijah Mitchell, when he was healthy, got used a lot. Like, I think lately he's been more consistently slamming backs into the pile over and over again. Yeah. Man, that don't be a running back and go to San Francisco, man, because Shanahan, Shanahan and his Shanahanigans will show you zero mercy. I can't think of a single time in NFL history that someone signed to be a running back with the San Francisco 49ers. They were either drafted or they were traded. <laughs> Never is it some running back chosen that lifestyle because they know exactly what it is. I wonder if a part of Christian McCaffrey died inside when he learned that he was being traded to the Niners. But no, he went to Stanford, so clearly he was set up for this. Yes, clearly he was. It, it, it was preordained. It was preordained. He played for a red team in the Bay Area, so he is ready to play for another red team in the Bay Area. Yes, an adjustmentless transition, of course. He was ready, man. Just he just plug him right in. Plug him right in. It's like nothing ever happened. Stanford. That's all you need to know. He went to Stanford.
No one else went to Stanford in this upcoming game, but that doesn't mean that Seahawks-Chargers wasn't a good one. Oh, my gosh, dude. Um, Good one is one way to describe it. There may have been a brief, brief stretch where it was actually interesting, but, I mean, the Seahawks just... Yeah, it was a good one for Geno Smith. It was a great one for Geno Smith. And and, and, and can I just he say one like He went to Stanford. Am I right, guys? It, 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 I, I, he, he, he may just have. He he may just have gone to Stanford. We should we should honestly check his records. Um, this this was this was the game when I really started to get on board with it because I mean like if if you watch that game recap and you just see the kinds of throws that Gino is making and the situations in which he's making these throws, he converted multiple third and very longs in this game. One of them went for a touchdown. Another one was not a third and long, but it was also similarly for a long touchdown, which I mean was perfectly thrown. Um, there were, you know, there were countless other instances where he he had third and medium to you know somewhat long, and he and he you know converted those you know like it was practice. Um, it's not just that he's making every kind of throw that, that that needs to be made. Like, you know, through the first four weeks of the season, you know, you have a completion percentage in the 70s. We're all kind of like, okay, how many times have you thrown it? You know, is it mostly checkdowns? You know, it, you know, have you mostly just been been running slant patterns to help pad that up? No, no. Like, like this is something else. This is something real. Um I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know what the Seahawks do beyond this year. I think in, in large part, it will be determined by how Geno finishes the season. But one thing's for sure. I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's out of the question for him to get a two-year extension. Um, you know, I mean, maybe they, you know, maybe they, you know, go out and, and they use one of Denver's first round picks because it'll be high. I, I don't think I don't think it's out of the question that they use one of those on a quarterback in next year's draft, and then they just have they have that guy sit behind Gino for a year or two. But um, Gino's making it count, man. I, I, I mean, he's making it count, and he has this coaching staff has 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 seen something in him. They have you know they have awoken this 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 you know closeted ability which which he has clearly had for a long time but which are you saying that they didn't train him into him they didn't turn him into this they didn't like take a disgusting pile of clay and mold it into a viable quarterback it was actually there i don't want to give the seahawks that much credit unfortunately i think that's fair let's not give the seahawks credit for the development of players yes i don't want to give them too much credit for the clay molding um but uh just, I mean, like, what can you say? You know, like, it, it, it's, I think, outside of the Giants and within the Giants, Saquon Barkley, I think it is the greatest story of this NFL season is not just the Seahawks' unbelievable usurping of expectations, but but more specifically their quarterback and just the just the groove that he has found. And honestly, it's one of the reasons why we love football. It's that... You know, it is the sport of hope. You're seeing it right now with your Bears. You just never really know when things are going to turn for you. 
and and when they do turn for you it's like it, 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 it's it, it it's unbelievable i mean like it's it's just incredible and it's incredible to witness even if you're not a fan of that team alex is just you know doing all that he can to hide his ecstasy right now um go ahead you can you can begin to show off your ecstasy i'm done I, I, I'm- ah! bear down <laughs> bear down chicago bears Woo. Uh, I'll let the I'll let this this game have a few more minutes. But mm. We'll get, we'll get into Monday night very shortly. I, I, I mean, I'm off my soapbox. I mean, like, what else can you say for what else can you say for the NFL, man? You know, it, it it's the sport of hope. It's the sport of possibility. It's the sport of second chances and and just you know having our expectations turned completely upside down. Because if if I had to sum up this season in 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 one phrase, I I would say just you know, our, our expectations have just been completely turned upside down this year. That's a lot of words to say Geno Sons. Well, I mean, I was kind of trying to save Geno Sons for the weekly email, but, you know, I guess we can, I guess we can break it out now. I think it's been said once or twice before on this podcast. Right? We are witnessing the Geno Sons, ladies and gentlemen. That we are. For uh, debate the semantics of whether it's truly a Sons, because was it really a rebirth? Was it really that uh, it just happened, or was I, it's? There's some nuance because it's whether well, it's you a see, well, you see, the term Genosance actually does not imply that it is a Renaissance because then it would have been Geno Renaissance, right? Mm. We're just saying Genosance. I see. There, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yes. Nevertheless, I, I don't have much else to say about the Seahawks side of things because we know what they did. That we are who. Well, some of us thought they were. I was on this train, not, I mean, I just got on it a bit before you when yeah. I picked the Seahawks to win this game because yeah. I saw it. Uh, the Chargers were, because it's, it's, it was honestly almost more because the Chargers have not been who we thought they would be. Yeah. And I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, Justin Herbert is a good, is a very good quarterback, but uh, and Austin Eckler is a very good running back. But you take out those two parts of that team, this team has not been playing well. Defense, the defense, despite so many high-class off-season signings, has not lived up to the expectations. J.C. Jackson, in particular, has not been good, and now he has a season-ending injury, perhaps close to career-ending. Tear of the patellar tendon is very difficult to recover from. And while that's no joking matter, I think the Chargers in general might be a bit of one because of how lackluster they've been as far as I've been concerned. They A lot of their wins have not been pretty. And I thought they would get some very pretty wins this year. Yeah. So I think that um, I'm hoping my Herbert shares go up in prediction strike. Mm. A true by-the-dip candidate as opposed to Russell Wilson, in my humble opinion. I, I just think that... Uh, there clearly, there is still things to work out. It was going to take time for Keenan Allen to to get back into the swing of things. They didn't even play him in the second half, partly because it was just no re- way they were going to really catch up, and they didn't want to risk his health anymore. And but Mike Williams now has an injury of his own, so the injury bugs hitting the Chargers pretty hard. So I don't know if they'll be able to write things, but there's just still so much potential as we saw from last year. This yeah. team ostensibly should only be better than last year. And I don't think we can say that as of yet. No, 
No, I mean we just can't. And and I think I think Brandon Staley on on a number of occasions has gotten himself out coached this year by uh, you know, everyone from Pete Carroll to Andy Reid to I kind of thought Kevin Stefanski outcoached him when they played the Browns, but fortunately for the Chargers, Cade York missed a very makeable field goal and bailed him out for it. Um but uh Cade York lost me in that fantasy week. I will never forgive him. I will never have him on my roster again. Just such a disappointing, such a disappointing start for the Chargers, man. I mean they they it's kind of weird to say about a four-three team that's still second in their division, but yeah, it's disappointing. Well, but like to me, it's still disappointing because like they're the way in which they've lost and the way in which they've won has been very disappointing. Like their wins are not impressive, and their losses are 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 bad. honestly bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all bad losses. Even the loss to the Chiefs on Thursday night, which you know. The Chargers owned them in the first half. I mean, completely dominated them in the first half. They were awful in the second. Just, just, just beyond awful. The Chiefs completely took the, the Chiefs just completely took over that game in the second half. Um, and the Chargers were powerless to do anything about it. And then, on, and then this Sunday, just they had no answers. I mean, they had no answers for Geno Smith, and they had no answers for. And they had no answers for a Seahawks defense that historically has been awful. You know, I mean, they, they, they gave up 45 to the Lions three weeks earlier. They gave up 30, 32, or was it 39? It was 39 a, was how much the Saints scored, yeah. They gave up 39 to the Saints, I believe, a week prior. So, so just unbelievable Unbelievable. Well, was only nine to the Cardinals. Yeah, that was, that was a good week for them on that defense. Yeah, so I mean, just just an unbelievably poor defense, and they couldn't do anything against them. Um, just yeah. it, just not good, man. Not good for this level of of star talent that you have on your roster. No, sir. On the flip side of things, to go to a team with literally no star power, besides <laughs> Justin Fields. Let's get it! Monday Night Football, everyone! Seems like you're ready to move on. And you're just waiting for me to go over my... Go through my motions, through my progressions. Just so everyone knows, in case you weren't already aware, Alex is a Bears fan. Oh, did, did did we never establish that? Hi, guys, my name's Alex. I'm a Bears fan. And guess what? Justin Fields is a quarterback! Let's go! He is a quarterback. He can throw a football. We, I had my moments this year. Particularly, what game was it? Um, the little Texans game wasn't fun, uh, but we won. Uh, was the monsoon game fun? In its own way, yes. Still, perhaps the greatest gif I've ever seen with Justin Fields sliding into the end zone that is soaking in water. That's but, the best picture. That's the best picture of the NFL season, dude, by far. Yeah. Best picture. Um, I forget which game it was that we we really stunk it up those next few weeks. But now we're three and four. Hmm. Three times better than the Detroit Lions. That's one way. That's how I'm going to look at it from here forward. Probably not really accurate, but I'm going to say we're three times better. Hmm. We beat Bill Belichick in Gillette Stadium. This man who is known for terrorizing 
terrorizing young quarterbacks, literally instilling ghosts into the vision of one Sam Darnold. And it was Halloween season, so clearly they had the chance to put ghosts into Justin Fields' vision. But alas, they could not. We beat them by nearly 20. Definitely their largest loss of the year. The only loss that came close was when your team beat them by 11. Mm. But this was a schlacking. Yeah. We were down like maybe 10, we were down 10, 14 at one point, And we ended the game with 23 unanswered points. Yeah. We four takeaways, three picks. We got a pick from literally our three, like our two rookies, DBs, and a pick from Roquan Smith, who I desperately hope Chicago finds a way to pay, even if it's a less than valuable position. It's Roquan. We are keeping Roquan. Please, Chicago. Please, Chicago. We're keeping Roquan. Whereas uh, the only, I think the really the only interesting thing on uh, the side for New England was that Bailey Zappi became the start. Well, it didn't start, but he was the closer, and they kept him in as the closer. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson has solidified his hold of the backfield in New England. So there's some changing of the guard within the Patriots team. But all that mattered was that the Bears were amazing. Their best game of the year by far. Uh, best well, best full rounded effort for the Bears in years. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily Fields' best individual performance. His game against the Steelers, at least the second half, might be better. But his best full game probably is a Bear. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely his best, you know, four quarters as a Chicago bear. Um, I thought he really took a step forward last night in his career. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think you said it best, I think, you know, to do that against Bill Belichick and like, you know, to be fair, there, there have been more guys to do that against Belichick in recent years, Josh Allen, um, has, has, you know, sort of I figured out. You take away this from me. <laughs> just because of, just because of your expression, when you said that I I'm literally going to pivot and, and not, and not go down that path anymore. Um, <laughs> Justin Fields unquestionably figured out Belichick's defense last night, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. And I just, you know, I think what most impressed me about the win was the Bears had all the they had all the momentum early, drove up and down the field on you know their 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 first two offensive possessions to to go up ten nothing. It was clear very early on that they were going to be able to move the ball against the Patriots, and they did. Then the Patriots kind of seized the momentum back when they inserted Zappy in for in Mac Jones's place. Um, but then the bears took back the momentum and they never let it go after that. And to me, that is the sign of a truly, I don't want to say great just yet, but, but that's the kind of, our draft picks do not want us to be great. (laughs) I don't want to go that far, but that is the kind of thing that great teams do historically is that even if they lose the momentum, they promptly reseize it, and then they never, and, and and then they never, you know, they 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 never give it up again. Um, and so, in that regard, 
I mean, you've got to be just so encouraged if if you're a Bears fan. I mean, that's that is a franchise defining game. Um, just a very very pivotal moment, I think, in in the recent history of that franchise. And I mean, who knows? You know, is 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 this the new standard? You know, is this what we are to expect from the Bears going forward? Because I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I mean, Eberflus can can clearly coach. I mean, he 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 completely hosed Belichick in all three phases last night. It wasn't close. And the offense is multiple. It's creative. It makes defenses have to account for so many different things, and and they inevitably can't. And like they move the ball. I mean, they they move the ball and they make it look easy. So. Just you know, hats off to the Bears, man. And and as 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 your friend now of four or five years, however long it's been, um, you know, I, I I can honestly say it's the happiest I've ever been for you from a football standpoint in all the time that we've known each other. I was thinking about you early and often during that game last night. I only wish that you I only wish that you could have had the chance to watch it live because it was just. I mean, it was just an unbelievable showcase by the Bears. I'm I'm really happy for you, man. Thank you very much, Rob. Yeah, it was it was a good showing for sure. Changing of face right there. I it's it's also funny because did you see that tweet I sent you? <laughs> yeah, I sent you many, but the one from Bill Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had known about our team. He gave. The most positive review of the Chicago Bears franchise, perhaps in history, <laughs> not history, but at the very least since the Nagy era. And uh, despite all of that, we still clobbered them. It's like when Dennis Green had his very famous moment with the Bears. They were who we thought they were. And they just couldn't do anything to stop us, even knowing everything you could about us. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. very optimistic moving forward, but it's not. This is always supposed. This is always going to have been a rebuilding year. We pay. We have far too little on this team for it to be serious. And oh man, if we actually get receivers, what can this team do? Yeah, what can this team do? It's it's really exciting to think about, man. It's 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 a really exciting time for you guys. So. And, and with that, I suppose that's the end of this episode of Hitch Route, is it not? I suppose it is. And so you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you for part two of this week's festivities, which will be coming to you very shortly uh, with plenty of time in advance of Thursday Night Football's matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So... We'll save you a second. We both think that the Ravens win this one. <laughs> yes, that's five seconds of your life that you just got back and which I just took took straight back from you. All right, everyone. We look forward to the next one. Hope you do as well. Peace out. All right. See y'all.